Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn, and once again, we have my co-host here. What's your name? Jordan Siepert. Jordan Siepert. Uh, she's here today helping me record uh, some introductions to our podcast episodes. Uh, this is episode number 186. 186? Is that where we're on, Jordan? 186? Yeah. yeah, 186. And it's part number 20, the final part of our series, Instant Replay. I, I, I go to the doctor. You went to the doctor, right? You went to the doctor yesterday. We told everybody that last week because we just recorded uh, and, two intros in a row. And uh, so we're going to talk about the same things. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we we um, go to the doctor and the doctor had to take some of my blood. Oh, they had to take some of your blood. That's right. But they did it really gentle, right? And they gave you a really sweet prize. They gave you a baby. That's right. This is episode number 186. And, and, and part it's, number it comes with, 20. It comes with <laughs> a diaper bag and a stroller, some food, a, a bottle. Everything. And, and a diaper bag. You got everything you need to be a successful mommy in that bag. And you're doing it. You're crushing it. You fed this baby. You've changed her diaper. You got fresh clothes on her. Unbelievable. And, and her shirt has a unicorn. It's got a unicorn on it. What'd you name your baby? Ren. Ren. Baby Ren. Very cool. Uh, this is part number 20, the final installment of our series Instant Replay. And we're looking back on a conversation I had with my friend Sean Garin. Uh, Sean and I went to seminary. You tired? You bored? You yawning? You sleepy? Yeah. Sean and I went to uh, seminary together uh, in a master's program. And we kind of won our, this was like in 2007. And uh, we graduated, kind of went our separate ways, and uh, we reconnected all these years later. And we're both on a very similar journey in terms of our faith and our thinking about God. Um, he just got a brand new job at a church. He's a, a senior pastor now. He's he's reached the top. <laughs> he's a senior pastor. Uh, I forget the name of the church off the top of my head, but I'm going to put the link uh, in the show notes. And uh, so you can go and you can find him. And but when um, I got my blood taken, they put a Band-Aid on me. They got a Band-Aid. Thank goodness for Band-Aids, right? They stopped that bleeding. That's that crazy bleeding. They stopped it, right? Yeah, because it, it hurt me when they did it. It did. It was a little pinch, though, right? What kind of pinch? A little pinch. Where was it? It was right there in your other arm. Other arm. She can't even, you don't even feel it anymore. Where's in this arm? Yeah. It's gone now. Yeah. Is there a little tiny dot right there? Yeah, all gone. All yeah, gone. but um, when when I'm when I had my dress and I put my sleeve down, it feel bumpy. Yeah, I felt a little and, bumpy. And it didn't feel good when I was um bending my arm. Yeah, thank goodness it's better now, right? Thank goodness. I'm gonna put the link to his church uh, in the show notes. I don't remember what it is. But uh, we talked in this episode about the Gnostic Gospels because Sean, just like myself, done. you want you want to be done? All right, we just got to finish this, okay? Can we just finish this for the people? Mm. Okay. Sean is also very interested in the Gnostic texts, just like I am. Uh, like people like Elaine Pagels, Bart Ehrman, David Brackey, some of the episodes that we've replayed uh, during the series. But he, he's really interested in this stuff, and he's very knowledgeable. He's been studying this stuff for quite a long time, much longer than me. So he really got me hooked on uh, some of these authors and some of these books. And so we come on, he comes on the show and he just talks to me about his journey and kind of how he's come into um, all this stuff and some of the ways that it's impacted him and his own faith. So uh, anyway, all that to say, uh, we're not going to stay too much longer because Jordan Jordan says she's done. So I guess we're done. And now we're going to go upstairs and play some Barbies in the show notes. I got Patreon buy me a coffee to support the show. Uh, special music today. Special music today is from my friend DJ K Dot. Oh man, so hard. DJ K Dot and I used to work together at Apple. Uh, she's also an artist here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, so go support her, download her music, share it, and pass it around. Next week, uh, we'll have a new episode. Uh, new episodes start next week. So our instant replay series is done. New episodes begin to roll. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, but for now, this is episode number 186, part number 20 of our series. Instant replay with I'm Sean Garrett. I'm making a present for you. You're making a present for me? Sweet. Can't wait to see what it is. Say, see you later, people. See you later, people. Peace. Turn the lights up. Turn the lights up.
everybody welcome back to the podcast uh, today we're sitting down with my friend sean garen who is the associate pastor of second congregational church in greenwich connecticut uh, sean and i actually went to seminary together at alliance theological seminary and here we are all these years later about to cook up a nice dish of, of heresy so <laughs> sean my friend welcome to the podcast uh who would have thought all those years ago we'd be here gosh i i remember you you were my mentor for the in that first year oh, for dear. one of our classes <laughs> and yeah you were up there like you know one of the, the the students you know that we all looked up to you know i think you were just finished or finished actually um and uh yeah it's so bizarre that we're we've connected in this way <laughs> yeah i remember it was uh, i think jan dale was the professor right yep yeah, and she she called me and she said, "Would you come back and be one of the mentors for the class?" I'm like, "I don't know, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember that. Those were good times. Yeah, yeah. So before I introduce our our topic, I was wondering maybe take a few moments to share with our listeners um, a little bit about your yourself because I know you, but they don't know you. So uh, who are you? What do you do? Some of the kind of highs and lows of your journey. Um, Why my daughter screams in the background because that's just the way it is, you know. You know what? That's a good backdrop for, for what my life is like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I heard some guy say that, you, you know, to be a real spiritual person, you got to go out in the mountains and be an mm -hmm. ascetic. And I was like, try doing that with kids. That's the real, <laughs> the real challenge. Exactly. And uh, that is my spiritual journey. You know, mm. I, I think I've, I've always been a seeker. I've been a Christian since I was 15. Mm. And uh, I lived in that framework, but I always pushed those boundaries. Uh, I'm a reverend, and I, I'm a, for the um, in the United Church of Christ, which is the most like progressive denomination, um, which is really helpful for the topics I, I am discussing. Mm. Um, but most importantly, I'm a dad who wants to provide for his wife and kids. Mm. I have twins. Um, one is neurotypical. One has severe autism, so mm. that has been, you know, you think that would be hard. That was the worst thing God yeah. ever had done to me, and mm. I really had to wrestle with that. Um, but in that wrestling, th this is one thing I've learned. If you keep wrestling, you will yeah. overcome, like no, no joke. And yeah. there's a lot of beauty in that, in the wrestling with God. Mm. Um, but yeah, my wife's name is Ashley, and without her... Uh, I'm, I'm not just saying this without her, I would not be here. Mm. Uh, she provided all the stability for me to go to school. She keeps investing in me mm. and, um, I'm still in school. I'm a student of, I obviously I graduated from UConn, then went to, um, NIAC at Alliance Theological Seminary. Mm -hmm. And I am now a student of psychoanalysis. I, I am a patient and I have patients and I'm doing that coursework at some people might know Norman Vincent Peel. Yeah. Um, yeah. At his church, they have a school called the Blanton Peel Institute. So oh. I go to the city. Well, back when we were going into the city. <laughs> right. Back, um, back whenever that was. <laughs> yeah. I bought this electric scooter for it. Now I just drive around town. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that actually has really, led me into into what we're going to talk about today mm. because um psychoanalysis you know as people might know sigmund freud and carl jung mm. carl jung actually is a self you know it's described as a, a modern gnostic mm. and um yeah i i think that was probably the the journey you know even in my own research and my own stuff, I still, I keep reading out of school. I probably read more than I do did in school. And uh, it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the books that I 
skimmed through, I now thoroughly read. And yeah, I go back to books. I'm like, oh, I should have read this back then. I might maybe I would have answered some questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm realizing I wasn't ready for a lot of it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, uh, I was in school to you know I was learning, but you have the pressure of you know grades and sure. a lot of conforming. It uh-huh. sometimes can be like a very, you know, I was in the military and it mm-hmm. can feel like a kind of like a indoctrination yeah. to kind of get you to buy all buy into everything, which is, which is good. I mean, that's what they're designed to do. Um, but then when you start thinking for yourself, that's when sometimes people get a little nervous. <laughs> I'm starting to realize now that like I thought I was really being educated, but I'm realizing there's a very big difference between education and indoctrination. And when you're kind of in the midst of it, it doesn't, it feels like you're being educated, but when you get outside of that bubble and you see so much more that you didn't see in there, you're like, Oh, there's a whole nother world out here. Yeah. Like there were really good professors that if you backed them in the corner (laughs) (laughs) and asked them honest questions, you could tell they would answer in ways that you should not share with others. Mm. Um, but they like really appreciated, I could tell. And it kind of formed a bond between some of the professors and me there. Yeah. But they, they could tell, they could tell that you were legitimately not there just to get a degree. Yep. Like you were that you were learning something, but that's Maybe constantly push and ask questions. Yeah. 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 So for our listeners, um, you, you mentioned before that kind of cycle anal- cycle, what do you say? Cycle analytic. analytic. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Kind of drew you into the topic for today. So for our listeners, um, I brought Sean on the show because we have a mutual and um, I guess shared interest regarding the early Christianities that were deemed heretical, Gnostic Christianity. Some of these texts that have been associated with it that have also been deemed uh, heretical by the early church fathers and every orthodox generation to, to follow things like the gospel of Thomas, gospel of Mary, uh, many, many others. But uh, Sean is much further down the road than me um, in regards to this topic. And he's graciously allowed me to pick his brain <laughs> via text, but he's, uh, he's so knowledgeable and has so many good things to say that I thought I'd invite him on the show to share his insights uh, with all of us. So Sean, you kind of, you kind of mentioned it obviously a little bit, but what what really dragged you into this rabbit hole? Because before we hit record, we did talk about how it is a rabbit hole, like the texts and the books that go along with this stuff and the, the scholarship is just like immense. And if you go and you search for yeah. books, I mean, they can range anywhere from $3 a book to $500 a book. <laughs> and it's no, just like, there's so crazy. much information out there, but like what really dragged you into this topic? Well, my uh my boss the senior pastor here gave me this book called the existential jesus mm. and uh when i started reading it the, the the guy is not a christian he's not even like uh he's like agnostic mm. but he analyzed the characters in the bible as people as kind mm. of archetypes and it was the first time i you know i ever said like oh you know like mary's a real person mm. Or, or at least represents a real person. Mm. Uh, and, and so does, you know, so does John, uh, so does Judas, so does, you know, Peter. And all these characters, you know, sometimes like, I don't know if you, what is it, the, the biggest catch or something, you know, that, that uh, show where they catch King Crab up in, yeah. in Alaska. Yeah. And, and like when you go to Israel, like things like that, which I got to go with Dr. Whitman, mm. you see that like, the the first disciples were fishermen like they were rough people they probably weren't like super educated um but they were looking for more uh Mm. than and so you kind of get like a when you read the gospels you start to read them as like okay these are people like me like me and glenn are in the story Mm -hmm. and my wife's in the story and how would you know if i heard a sermon from jesus every each one of us would take away something different mm. and so when and then you know in my own studies of psychoanalysis everybody all the time i mean you could have the truth on a piece of paper mm. you know one plus one is two 
but you, Dr. Bailey actually one time in, in, at school asked each one of us to describe what Jesus is for them. Hmm. And everyone had a different answer. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we have four perspectives here in the gospels, perspectives from men. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not like a big, like, you know, destroy the patriarchy. Sure. Sure. Um, but I'm like, that's obvious. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody could read the gospels. You can read the new Testament uh, and see that you can read the old Testament. Women's voices are very much left out of the story. Yeah. Um, and you got, you know, John who's saying, Jesus loved me more than anybody else. I mean, <laughs> that's like having three kids and one of them saying to the, all the others, I'm the best. Right. Like, <laughs> Mom and dad like me better. Right. <laughs> that, that we take that as like the truth, like, mm. okay, John must've been the, the, the one Jesus loved, but we don't take it as, oh, that's his opinion. Right. Right. And so like, I just, it re or reading like books like this mm. and, and doing psychoanalysis myself, it kind of reoriented my brain to say, okay, truth is a broad, broad subject. Yeah. And whatever's written down about the truth is always going to be the abstract of somebody who's trying to explain it to you. Mm. And especially, you know, you walk into those person, into that person's shoes you know, Peter who pulls out a sword to protect Jesus, he's obviously waiting for Jesus to pull out his sword too, mm. but Jesus doesn't do that. Yeah. Um, Judas wants somebody to save him. They want a King. And then he mm. sees Mary washing his feet. And he says in this moment, this was that this is why Judas betrayed Jesus. He mm. said, I don't want this. I don't want a woman who's closer to Jesus than me. Like that, that's just, and so he turned away. He gave, yeah. he gave this all up yeah. and uh, yeah. The, and, and then, you know, as students of the Bible, we know, you know, I remember asking um, one of the professors of, of new Testament, um, you know, who recorded, how, how did they know about the conversation Jesus and Pilate had when nobody else was there? Mm. Like it was just them two. And she said, oh, Professor Cox, yeah, she said, um, she laughed at me. <laughs> she goes, oh, how dare you ask that question? But she was very happy. <laughs> right. And she said, you know, they, they added it. They, mm. they just, they filled it in because they needed a complete story. Mm. So that made me uh, start digging, <laughs> start yeah. looking around. So at your church, you just finished a series on the Gospel of Thomas. And you're yeah. currently preaching through the Gospel of Mary. And... In our shared uh, educational background, <laughs> that would be extremely <laughs> frowned upon. But here you are, yeah. like I've watched the videos and you're standing in the pulpit on Sundays with the Gnostic Bible plainly in sight. <laughs> I can see it. I, I'm, yes, <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> and you're preaching from these books. And so like having been a pastor, like I need to ask, like how in the world did you go about getting permission? Like obviously your, your boss, your senior pastor, gave you that other book so he's kind of you know he's kind of fueled this in you but like what did it look like when you brought up this idea and like what is what have the responses been from people yeah um so i've learned to be politely disobedient like i know that power structures kind of just want you to bow and ask Mm -hmm. for permission um and the church is really, the church here is really cool because I, I just came here to be, you know, the associate. Um, they didn't have an evening service. And so I started something unique here. Uh, you know, we have dinner, you know, we have real fellowship. And mm. I usually would just open up the Bible and start talking. So I've created this kind of place. We call the, we have a chapel here and we call it the lab. So I'm kind of allowed to experiment. Mm. Um, and my boss and I talk about how, you know, there was just a report that Christianity is, I mean, I'm the apocalyptic preacher. The church <laughs> will fall. Right? It, 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 no doubt is coming down. Mm. I have no, I know it is like, it's mm. not like, will it, um, we've seen, uh, what happens in, 
when Christianity comes to a culture and then post-Christian culture, the churches are all empty. Um, so we, I kind of have this permission to experiment. Uh, and it, it was actually this, you know, you, talking with you <laughs> kind of put the, the pressure on me a little bit to, you know, I was reading these books, you know, like mm-hmm. Elaine Pagels and, uh, you know, taking my time through it because yeah. it's not my main, you know, I had to write sermons for, you know, for the week. So then I was like, you know what, I wonder if I could just get away mm. with, instead of doing that at night, you know, when I have free time, I'm going to take the hours I put into a sermon and, and do a series on it. Yeah. And I started with the gospel of Thomas and, yeah. um, you know, when I mentioned that, you know, the Gnostic books to my church, a few women actually came up to me and said, I love this. It's so great. Mm. And so it was the women who actually, you know, I said, you know what? It lines up with Easter because Mary becomes really a prominent figure uh, towards the end. And I'm going to give the ladies in our church, the lady herself, you know, like I'm going to treat them to what they never heard before. And even my wife, she was like, wow, you're going to do that. And she's <laughs> super, she's super traditional. She like gets nervous for, for me when I'm like pushing the boundary. Yeah. But to see her go, oh, they, yeah, do that. Yeah. And um, the response for the gospel of Thomas has been, I mean, we're getting like triple, like I used to get 40 views on a sermon. You know, mm. Now I'm getting like 250 plus. There's just yeah. a huge a huge desire to know more about these books that came out, but really maybe stay other than Elaine Pagels stayed mm. in the academic world mm. and never reached the church. So I'm taking the permission I have to experiment uh, as uh, my, my way of just going with it. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I mean, I've, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but a lot of times it feels like churches want a pastor who is scholarly and educated, but they only want that pastor to share with them the things that they're familiar with and the things yeah, that they're yeah. comfortable with. So I think it's really cool that you have this, this lab and this space where you're able to take the scholarship that you're learning, even in the present moment and bring it with you into the pulpit to share with everybody else. Like, I think that's at the end of the day, I feel like that's what a pastor is supposed to do is to push people's boundaries, expand people's boxes, make people think, make people uncomfortable. Sometimes I think that's really, really important. Yeah. There's a quote that says, you know, if, if you're comfortable, uh, if, if you're uncomfortable, the gospel is comfort. Yeah. If you're, if you're comfortable, the gospel is discomfort. Mm. That it moves us. Yeah. That's so good. So I want to ask you about three things and we'll see if we have time to get to them all, but I want to talk to you about the gospel of Thomas gospel of Mary and a little bit about Valentinian Christianity. Um, and obviously like we said, books and books and books have been written on this stuff. So I realized we can't drill down super deeply, which means we'll just have to do this again (laughs) sometime, sometime soon, but let's start with the gospel of Thomas. Now you just preached this whole series on the text. Uh, talk to us about like about what it is, what you learned, like take us to school. I have, I have no real agenda with these questions. You literally yeah. have the floor to share like whatever you want regarding these texts. So Gospel of Thomas, what, what do you got for us? So, well, first I would say the book that everybody should get mm-hmm. is the Gnostic Bible by uh, Marvin Meyer. Mm. Uh, that's I'm actually. That's the one that you have you with said, you in the pulpit, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. this giant book, and not all the books were, you know, are considered Gnostic. In that term itself, just actually, like, I almost got nervous because I was like, "Yeah, Gnostics," and then you read all the text, you're like, "Oh, we shouldn't be using this term because mm. we're just kind of figuring it out." Yeah. So, even that, let's just let's just say there were our four Gospels, and we know that two of them start with a nativity scene mm-hmm. and end with this picturesque, you know, Jesus is 
uh, you know, raised from the dead, everything's, you know, have they lived happily ever after. And then two of them start very differently. They just started the life of uh, uh, the ministry of Jesus. Mm. And so you say, oh, well, there's clearly different opinions here. Uh, and, and Elaine Pagels, who's a really, by all her books, because she's, except the academic ones, the, mm. <laughs> you get like the Gospel <laughs> of Thomas, yeah. uh, the, Gnostic, the Gnostic Gospels. But she really introduces us to the idea that, um, like, say, you know, let, let's look at John, for example. The Gospel of John, in no other Gospels, is Thomas portrayed so poorly. Mm. <laughs> he's portrayed poorly, on, you know, in John. He's called a doubter. Mm. When um, they receive the Holy Spirit, Thomas isn't there. And, yeah, he's, I mean, he might as well be, you know, next to Judas as somebody who just really barely made it into the apostle uh, category and then that makes you you know she does all this she gives all this background and uh you know long story short just oh just read it just read the gospel of thomas (laughs) and all that baggage that's been attached to it like oh it's heretical you know there's books that i'm sure you and i experienced as don't touch those like don't go near yeah yeah and right there you, you should go i mean that's like don't when you tell your kid don't go you know don't touch <laughs> the, the fire yeah and uh whenever i preach on these i actually preach more from the gospels than anything mm. um, because i want to show how this fits yeah. and uh libby who you'll have on the, the show she says she said in one of her um videos that um you'll know the mass, you'll know Jesus's voice. And Jesus says that himself. He yeah. says, my sheep know my voice. Mm-hmm. So when I open up, if you were to just open up the gospel of Thomas, it starts with what I think is Jesus's greatest commandment, which is, uh, you know, in the second passage, seek, mm-hmm. ask, knock. You know, th- when the disciples first came to Jesus, they said, are you, you're the lamb of God in John one. And he goes, what are you looking for? The very first words out of Jesus's mouth are, what are you looking for? And that's, that's what Thomas does for me because, and and like in my psychoanalytic training, this, I've experienced this passage. Like, it's not like something I'm just reading. Mm. This is something I know as a truth within my own spirit. So, and this is what I'm learning today. Like this is modern science, modern psychology. Mm. So I'm like, they knew about this 2000 years ago. (laughs) Right. And I think it's so revolutionary, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and Elaine Pagel says it's a type of psychoanalysis that they were doing. And, uh, you know, I I just want to read this because it says Yeshua said, well, at first it says, whoever, discovers what these sayings mean will not taste death yeah yeshua said seek and do not stop seeking until you find and that's important do not stop seeking until you find so it's this is not like you know sometimes we go to church and we go oh i discovered tulip like Mm -hmm. i I, i'm now reformed theologian i found it (laughs) but i have more questions Mm -hmm. it's okay they all just have to fit in tulip like yeah. that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. So you keep going until you find, and when you find, you'll be troubled. So yeah. as I'm reading this book, I'm troubled that I never knew about it, and I'm like, is this, could this possibly be one of the the source documents that yeah. they use to uh, create? You know, they say it might have been part of Q or one of the. You know, it's very early writing. Yeah. Uh, and when you find, you'll be troubled, which I was. And when you're troubled, this is this is what's so interesting. When you're troubled, you will marvel and rule over all. Mm. And so, when you embrace that trouble, like that that this is, I'm now going to go beyond what I was told to go beyond. Mm. Yeah. I'm eating from the tree that I shouldn't have eaten from, mm. and and that tees up Gnostic uh, teachings. Yeah. But, now this book is just a statement, correct? Like it's not like for our There's listeners no who maybe yeah. okay, yeah. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with this, it's not like 
there's a story about Jesus here and there's a parable over here. Like it's just literally statements that Jesus supposedly made. Correct. And, And yeah. And a lot of them, I mean, they are directly in the gospels Yeah. or you'll be like, yeah, there's, I mean, there's maybe like three, three or four passages that Mm. will fall out of your chair. You know, like the the very last one is like, you know, Mary will be turned into a male. Mm. Um, (laughs) But, but if you understand that world they lived in, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and more of the Gnostic teachings and, and even in psychoanalytic theory, it's this idea that male and female were always, they were meant to be one. Like we yeah. all truly are both, Yeah. you know, you and I came out of our mother. Mm-hmm. We were, we were women. We were physically attached to the female Yeah. and then that got cut and mm-hmm. we got socialized and, and all that. So it, it does like pave the way for some of these modern issues that mm-hmm. we're dealing with. Um, but it is, it's just the sayings of Jesus, which I like. It's mm-hmm. short. Uh, you can like use a, you know, read, don't read it all in one shot because mm-hmm. it's so heavy Yeah. Um, in a most, in a simple way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, here's one, know what's right in front of your face and what is hidden from you will be disclosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, think of like, I, I was meditating one day. And I'm like, show me who you are, God. Show me. I want to see you, God. Like, how come they got to see you in the Bible? And I read this passage and says, it's right in front of your face. Mm. And I opened my eyes and my wife was there and my daughter. Mm. And I said, oh, my God. Mm. And it says, it'll, it'll say in these texts, stop looking at what you can't see and yeah. look at what's in front of you. Yeah. And I saw a father and a mother and a daughter and these three people who are one family mm. and we love each other and we're going to make it, you know, we're going to do this life together. And that's, there, there was a, a picture of the kingdom of heaven for me. Yeah. And this gospel just makes it so real. It's not fanciful. Yeah. Have to that's, go. that's so good. So is this considered then a, a Gnostic text or no? And I guess, I guess maybe we should even backtrack and say, what exactly do we mean when we talk about like Gnostic? So what is Gnostic yeah. and is this a Gnostic text? <laughs> so this is not technically a Gnostic text. Okay. Um, so that is a, that is a question, right? What is Gnosticism? Yep. And yep. I will, I'll just say That's this. It's a big question. Gnosticism, it's, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's still being discussed. But let's the, the best thing is nobody that we, you and I know know what Gnosticism is. So mm. that, that's a great starting point because <laughs> whatever you've heard, it's garbage. It's fake news. It's right. not real. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you could look it up on YouTube and you'll see like the Catholic Church says the great heresy you know, yeah. is Gnosticism demonic i bet yeah. that guy yeah, yeah I, I was called a demon in the past week nice. which is new for me um, but you're my first yeah, demon on the show then it's yes it's uh welcome, welcome. <laughs> this is what demons sound like they talk about jesus and the truth right but uh, it's like gnosticism is you know we gotta you gotta go back into the world that existed back then and Mm. jesus uh, when paul goes to the to the to the greeks right he Mm -hmm. says jews demand a sign right Mm. so the jewish people wanted jesus to do signs and wonders because that would legitimize his his um his role Mm. and then paul goes on to say but the greeks want wisdom and the wisdom they're talking about is philosophy Mm. and kind of you know socrates and um Plato and, Mm. and all that stuff. So they existed in this world of, you know, they're not Jewish. They don't know the old Testament. Mm. (laughs) So for that, for Paul to go into uh, the Greek, into the Greek world and say, you know, let me tell you how Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies. They're going to be like, what prophecies or Mm. who is that? What Paul was doing was when he got there, um, he started to, incorporate 
know, we learned this in a missionary seminary. Mm-hmm. You, you, you take the gospel and you contextualize it mm-hmm. for the, the people group you're presenting it to. Mm-hmm. And this was a world of dualism of many gods. Uh, and they had this whole world, this, they, they already had their whole like cosmology. Mm-hmm. And so Gnosticism was what, what we can maybe say and, and as a, okay statement is Gnosticism was something that was around before Christianity and it was something that um, some of the early Christians incorporated and uh, used as a way of of explaining to Greeks what Christianity was Mm. It's kind of like a a Jewish religion yeah 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 so that it was it was like a vocabulary and and a we'll talk about Valentinus. He just, he took words they know yeah. and translated them um, into kind of a Christian framework. So what did the I, word itself means knowing? I should say that. Knowing, it means okay. knowing. Got it. Gnosis I was, means got versus it. like you, we believe in Jesus. Uh-huh. The Gnostic knows. And that would piss people off. Back yes. Then. Like that, that still does. word. <laughs> right. Yes. right. It, yeah. They're like, you got to believe in Jesus and you, yeah. you kind of giggle and go, okay, keep believing. Cause you're if cute. you believe in something, <laughs> right. you, you're like, you know, I believe the Mets will win. I don't know they're going to win, mm-hmm. but I believe it. Yeah. And when you know it, it's more intimate. It's more real. So, yeah. yeah. Cause I was always taught, I mean, the definition is like secret knowledge or secret yeah. like, knowing. Right. So it's like, that was why it was always frowned upon, at least for me when I was, taught about it was because it was you know jesus plainly revealed the truth you know and the gnostics claim to have this secret knowledge that gets them you know in the inner club so to speak and you know that's a bunch of baloney that's what that's how i was always taught about gnosticism and and that's what you know the church kind of is like just believe in jesus and he'll do the rest (laughs) Uh, yeah and you know that's like telling your kids i love you and you don't have to clean your room. Mm. Uh, like that is irresponsible. Yeah. There's no growth and development. And Paul in First Corinthians 2, it's a whole chapter on secret wisdom or, mm-hmm. or uh, chapter one and chapter two. And Jesus always taught in parables. That, yeah. I mean, it's right there in the scriptures. And he would pull people aside for secret teachings, like mm-hmm. with Nicodemus, with the woman at the well, um, there was always an element and, and you see it, the, the disciples are always like, well, what do you mean? And he would mm. pull them aside for private discourses mm. that the, the, the secret is, you know, it's like when you go to seminary, mm. you, the secret is, uh, you know, this is an Eastern Mediterranean religion. Mm. That's the secret. So now, mm. you know, more, it's not like, it's like first grade, second grade, third grade. It's not like some are going to hell. Yeah, because they don't they don't believe it's just a maturity thing yeah it's like you and i went to seminary so we received in a sense like a secret knowledge that the people in the pews who have different kind of jobs than we do uh didn't receive but doesn't make them any less of a christian doesn't mean they're not going to heaven and we are it just means that it's just a different a different level yeah, my plumber has a secret knowledge of, you know, plumbing. Right. He went to school thank, for that. Thank God he does. All right. Yeah, and he he can save my, you know, save my bathroom. Right. But it doesn't it's like this mutual relationship that mm. that we have where you give me it's just the nature of of life. There's yeah. more mysteries, more rabbit holes that you can keep following. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it has I I, I think there is a level of maturity and growth in it. Yeah. But um, it, the way that it was portrayed to us is not the way that it, it's not correct. So like with the term Gnosticism, mm-hmm. like that you, we've all heard, throw it away. It, it's, yeah. it's garbage because yeah. it's meant to demonize re- something. Yeah. People who made it secret are the, it wasn't secret back then, you know, this, they made it secret by hiding it. Right. <laughs> like You're it right. wasn't a secret until anybody <laughs> could go to these things. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it was made up pretty much oh, yeah. is a made up scary thing not to go near. So what about then the gospel of 
Mary. So Gospel of Thomas, like you said, is not a Gnostic, not considered an Gnostic text. It's just yeah. basically the list of Jesus's sayings. Uh, Mary, though, is more, if I understand correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, is more of a narrative. And we don't have the whole narrative. It's just pieces of the story if i'm is that is that correct yeah 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 it's it kind of starts in one part you know where you're like it's like watching you know turning on the middle of harry potter right you just pick up and it's really weird place (laughs) 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 so what is this book about this is the one that you're currently preaching through so like what's this yeah why is it important what have you learned all those things um so it, when I started preaching on it, I didn't start with the first part because like mm-hmm. I said, it just kind of starts like on page, you know, 47 instead of page one. Right. Um, so I found connections with the gospel narratives where I would say, okay, you know, this story. Mm. And since we don't have the full story, I bet this passage fits into the narrative we already know. As Jesus came towards the end of his ministry, everybody's leaving him. Everybody's kind of freaking out that, you know, he's not going to be what they all wanted to be. Mm. And you have, um, and so I'm like, how did these people who deny Jesus end up turning around so hard back? You know, like they went from denying Jesus to, you know, Peter publicly preaching openly at the end of the gospel mm. and we attribute now this is this is where i hinted at this <laughs> and i i didn't want everybody to pick this up but mm. this is like this is the secret right spill I mean, the beans right here right here on yeah. the show <laughs> is and i wrote an eight page paper on this for for mm. um class this semester but and i'm libby does a lot um who will be on the show later i believe mm-hmm. um, and was on the show but this idea that you know jesus says that somebody's going to come let let me let me so there's you have jesus who when the disciples say show us who the father is Hmm. they say show us who god is and jesus says to to them haven't you seen me this whole time Hmm. i've been here i'm right here Hmm. and uh so Jesus is this archetypal Adam figure. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, you can see that. It says the first Adam was a living being and the last Adam was a life-giving spirit. Mm. And I'm looking in the Bible, I'm like, Adam and Eve, Abraham and Sarah, Moses and Zipporah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, if there's an Adam, somebody's missing here. Mm. There's there's a female voice missing here Mm. and Mary in this gospel. I mean, it's, 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 this is the the kind of heresy that we're talking about that somebody might say is she, Jesus says, when I leave, I will send the comforter. I will send an advocate. I will send somebody to remind you of all the things that you're about to deny, to deny. Mm. And Mary in this gospel, she is comforting them. She's Mm. reminding them. She's advocating for Jesus Mm. to them. And I'm like, oh my God. They made up a Holy Ghost Mm. (laughs) to replace this woman. Mm. Who was the first person to find Jesus? It's Mary. Um, And so she is where we read in the story is there's this voice coming from Mary who sounds like me to the whole of the Holy spirit. Like if you read any description of the Holy spirit, Mary is playing this figure in real life. Like, Mm. and, and she's, um, and they challenge her, they yell at her. Um, but she, every time they doubt it in this story, it's very short. It's like four pages long. Mm. Um, and they thought it was a forgery but they found three of them. So th- oh, that's how they, they're like, like, Oh, um, and it was written around the second or third century, mm. but the, the story is really about how Mary is. She's, she's the mom holding the house, holding the boys together. 
Mm. Like she, she keeps the movement going. Yeah. Um, they're like, if we go preach the gospel, we're going to end up like Jesus. Mm. That sounds like something I've heard in Mark at the end of Mark. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the end of Mark really ended. Right. So they were all afraid and, mm. and you know, seized by terror. And Mary is the one who uh, reminds them, you know, just remember what Jesus taught that the kingdom is within you. Mm. And you got, and, and so this is where it moves into the, it really fits into the Gnostic worldview of knowing, mm. you know, where Mary goes from not just believing, like all the apostles believed in Jesus, but mm. she knows him. And mm. since she knows him, she's become one with him. And Jesus says, I'm in the father and the father's in me. And if you believe in me, you too are also in the father. So it's kind of like this, uh, if you accept, if you really know Jesus, if you mm. know him well, you, the words will actually, his words will start coming out of your mouth. And so that's what happens in the, in the gospel of Mary, because they're saying, teach us, teach us about the savior. Tell us what we forgot. Mm. She always points them in the right direction. And then they yell at her. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's, you said that this, that, that there was thought that this was a forgery, but they found, you said three others. Is that correct? Yeah. They found one in the fifth century. Got it. So that means that this is a this is a tradition then that would have date, dated very early in the early yes. earliest centuries of Christianity. So it's like we often because again, like this is one of those books where I've I've heard about it, and like you said, we, everything we've heard we kind of have to throw away. But what I've heard about it is that it was this made up document that was just people who basically wanted to uh, create some kind of justification for their own like wackadoo beliefs. And so they created this crazy story about Mary. But if there's, if there's other, if, if it's, there's other like piece of this that have been found that date later, earlier than this particular one, whatever, then this is a tradition that was close to the hearts of people early in Christianity. Yeah. The, the word heresy means school of thought. Mm. Right. So like the Pharisees, I, I think I told you this as a joke, but like the, the heresies <laughs> of the Pharisees. Right. You know, yeah. Um, the heresies of the Gnostics. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the heresies of the Platon, the, the Platonists. Mm. So but it was just, it, it wasn't a bad term back then. There were different schools, like different mm. schools of thought. And so Mark is a school of thought. John is a school of thought. Uh, Thomas is a school of thought. Mm. And Mary is a school of thought. And before orthodoxy, before the fourth century, before you know this kind of became a, a state religion, nobody really cared what you believed. It mm. was just very loose, and and yeah, a lot of it was oral tradition, uh, stories, and mm. and it wasn't a big deal. It became a big deal to what you actually believed mm. in the when when Christianity started to become more. Uh, can't you know more organized and yeah and got some authority to enforce their their mm. rules so then this early this early thinking that was outcast as a heresy in terms of the the gospel of mary then there was a stream of thought then that like you said the holy spirit was essentially like kind of the idea that we have today perhaps was in a sense made up to replace this other idea that was prevalent would that be correct and i'm probe i'm asking questions because i'm i don't know yeah. as much as you so i'm just trying to go off of what you're saying and trying to see like is there is there a branch of early christianity that saw mary as the advocate that jesus spoke about i guess that's the question this so probably not I, I, I don't know. I don't know Got the it. answer to that. Okay, good. So I'm, then I I'm don't a, feel alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a, pa I'm a pastor. So yeah. I'm, I'll just tell you, I'm reading this mm -hmm. as a Christian mm. and the words comforter advocate, yeah. a reminder are popping up in my head, like on the paper. And I'm like, I know these words mm. and Jesus is gone here yeah. and somebody's playing this role and it's, you know, it's just like today we say God is still in the world, but how is in the world through us, mm. you know, that that's how God's working. So I'm like, how was the Holy spirit actually working mm. through Mary? Yeah. And, and 
that's how I, I see her as this archetypal Eve character that yeah. is alongside Jesus. And there are that that is like a type of a belief system that I know is happening today. Yeah, it's a little crazy in my opinion. <laughs> like like they're a little uh, they're not. It, I like to be founded in scholarship and mm. just to you know just so we know that what we're reading is you know reliable. Mm. Um, but in my personal opinion when I read this gospel, it's describing a Holy mother. It's almost like the, the same Holy spirit that infused Mary for her to be an advocate is the same Holy spirit that infuses people today. Right? Yeah. 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 And, and huh. like, that's not that it might sound like a jump, but this is like the first person I see it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we go to Acts and, you know, they describe it as tongues of fire. Right. But I, when I read Mary, I'm, you know, the kids call, say the word sus. There's some susness going on, suspect. Right. Um, that Mary is, you know, they replace an apostle mm. with somebody other than Mary. She was always there. She's mm. like, she was, there's a place for her. So there's this sense that they're intentionally leaving somebody out and it's obvious it's like she's right there she's standing right there the whole time <laughs> right and why why mm-hmm. because they don't want to they the truth is they don't want to pave a way for female leaders that, mm-hmm. that's that's the that is why she's left out of the story so i wanted to ask you about um Val- valentinian am i saying that right valentinian christianity yeah valentinian yeah um, but we are nearing the end of our time. So I can't, I don't want to go too far into that because I feel like that's another hole for us to travel down. That means that we're going to have to have a part two of the conversation. (laughs) We'll just make the whole conversation be about, be about that. But before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, um, talk to the person for a moment who's really interested in all of this stuff, but they're very hesitant to dive in because of what they've heard because of what other people are going to think of them because they have no idea where to start. Like speak to that person. Like what, what can they do to kind of get over that hump of fear a little bit? And once they do, like what's the first book they should grab to just do a little bit of reading on this if they want to. Yes. Yeah, stay away from Valentinus for a bit. <laughs> don't, don't read that. Don't go there. <laughs> just, yeah. I would say get Elaine Pagel's books. Yeah, maybe not even get into Mary just because it's not complete. It mm. would need some context. Um, but Thomas is a great um, first step for people. And if you have heard, you know, the same sermons for the, you know every year, yeah, and are just so tired of it, mm. and you know, or, or say you're like, you know, I'm open to LGBT getting married or being pastors or. Mm. Uh, I wish their women had more uh, of a leadership role. I mean, in my denomination, they do. Um, and I wish that kind of people would talk about, I wish the Bible would talk about depression, anxiety, and some of the things I actually suffer from rather than like being healed of blindness. I Like open up this book and throw, here's what you'd have to do. You would have to do this. You have to throw away what, you think like you don't know what Gnosticism is. I'm, mm. I'm positive because I didn't know. And that I, I was a little shocked by that, that yeah. I thought I knew something and you, it, it'll, it will come alive. Like when Jesus speaks, he says, my, my sheep know my voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would start Elaine Pagels is, is a little, can be a little heavy too. Mm. Um, but the Gnostic Bible, like we were saying, it's just the sayings. Yeah. So you, you, Treat one, there's 118, I think. Mm. Treat one or two like a devotion for a couple of days, for 30 mm. days. And don't read anything else. Just mm. ponder that. And it is transformative. It really is. So yeah. try it and you will see. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's where Libby Schrader uh, recommended for me to start was with the Gospel of Thomas um, because she said it's you're going to see a lot of stuff in there that you're already familiar with from, you know, the gospels, the four gospels. And yeah. um, like she said, same thing you said, is kind of like meditate on a few of the, the sayings a day, 
But to your point, um, Elaine Pagels, I have the book in front of me. She wrote Beyond Belief, uh, The Secret Gospel of Thomas. Um, Yeah. And that's that's an accessible book. It is. She, I mean, she's going to criticize John mm. and that if you're not used to criticizing the Bible, mm. um, I mean, just read Leviticus and you'll probably be fine after right. you're like, oh, this, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to criticize the Bible. Right. And then you can take some comfort that the Bible was written by people yeah. and so was Thomas. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, we are just about out of time, but this has been uh, a lot of fun. It was good to reconnect with you um, in yeah. this on this venue, I should say. And uh, I look forward Thank you to for having me. Yeah. yeah, look forward to doing this again. And before you go, uh, where can people find you online to connect with you and some of your sermons and things like that? Um, so because of you, <laughs> I updated my website. Nice. Uh, SeanGaron.com. It's yep. uh, S-H-A-W-N-G-A-R-A-N.com. You can find everything there. It all links to our YouTube channel. Awesome. Church. Well, I will put all the links in the show notes and uh, I will talk to you soon. I'm sure I'll be texting yep. you more questions. <laughs> Love it. Thank all right, you, man. Man. You got it, bud. Later. Bye. I know that there's something so special about you and me, babe. You got me, you got me, you got me feeling fine. So just say the words, cause you know what it means to me, babe. When you got me, you got me, you got me feeling right. Your eyes, your eyes hypnotize me, baby. I Feeling fine. So just say the words, cause you know.